We're starting a series this week uh, that will go through them through Thanksgiving called Thankful. Everybody say thankful. I, th I think it was uh, Bing Crosby that sang a song in White Christmas said, when you're tired and you can't sleep, just count your blessings instead of sheep and you'll fall asleep counting your blessings. How many of you can say that you've truly been blessed by God? Yeah. Amen. And so we, we want to, today we're going to be talking about uh, thankful and we're going to be talking about an attitude of gratitude. Everybody say that with me. The attitude of gratitude. If you would run that, uh, that clip for me, please. I'm so thankful. I think I'm more thankful than most people. Yep. Thankful for my car. I love my car. Yep. I'm thankful that they brought back Twinkies. Yep. Thankful that my phone reminds me of my kids' birthdays. Hashtag close call. Yep. You ever wonder what the Puritans did before they invented Kindles? Probably play with dirt. Thankful I'm not a Puritan. Yep. Thankful for my gym membership. I mean, look at me. Yep. What are you thankful for? I'm thankful. I'm thankful for a God who, who loves me unconditionally. Yeah. No, I mean. Even when I make a mess of things, he still loves me. Yep. No, seriously, I don't think about that enough. I'm really, really thankful for that. I was gonna say all that stuff. I just didn't know we were talking about spiritual things. Make me want to be a better man. Yep. Thankful. At last, that last line he said, he said, you make me want to be a better man. Do you know when we're thankful and it reflects that to others, it does make people want to be better. It makes all the difference in the world everybody say the attitude of gratitude i want to read a scripture for you leviticus 22 and 29 and when you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the lord offer it of your own free will everybody say your own free will that word will means delight desire pleasure voluntary let's pray together father we're thankful for your word and your love we ask you to have your way today, and we give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. When we have an attitude of gratitude, it changes the atmosphere. How many of you, we all have attitudes, did you know that? How, how many of you have ever met, how many of you have ever heard this phrase, buddy, you really got an attitude going on? And usually when we say that, it's in a negative text, right? How many of you have ever had a bad attitude? Wave your hand. You know, one of the things that 
uh, I ask people to do is if you got a bad attitude, stay away from me. <laughs> so what, what kind of a statement was that? It was a truthful statement. Nobody likes to be around a bad attitude, right? How many of you, have, how many of you don't like being around yourself when you got a bad attitude? You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever, how many of you have ever had a bad attitude and you knew it was a bad attitude? Yeah. Here's something you can be thankful for. How many of you had a bad attitude, didn't know you had a bad attitude, and your wife told you you had a bad attitude? Thank God. Thank God for a spouse that will tell you the truth. <laughs> here's, here's, what, here's what we have to recognize. And how many of you wives are thankful for a husband that will tell you you got a bad attitude? Not as many hands on that one. I didn't think so. <laughs> well, that's just because the ladies don't have as bad of an attitude as the guys get, right? We, we, we all can get to a place in our life where we need an attitude adjustment. The question is, what will we use to adjust our attitude? If we allow, you know, it's amazing. I, I've learned that if... You, if you focus on things that are negative, then it's going, to, it's going to cause your attitude to go negative. But when you focus on the things of God, it'll cause your attitude to turn toward God. There's a, I thought about that, that scripture that said, in all things give thanks. How many of you have ever had some stuff happen that you weren't thankful for. Now, see, there's a difference here when it says in all things give thanks. You can give thanks without being thankful for something. Are you with me? For example, man, we were, I, I remember when I was sliding off of a road one time. I was given thanks that I stopped before I went off the road. Now, I wasn't thankful that I had to call a wrecker to come and get me, but I was so thankful that I didn't go off the drop-off. In all things, give thanks. When I was in Colorado and we were driving, and man, it was snowing at the end of May, and I'm thinking, what is going on? And the, and the roads are slick, and, you know, I've got a van with my whole family is in it, and they're all in the van having a great time, and I'm up front driving. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And I'm trying to calculate in my head what to do if I go into a slide because I've got two options. I've got a mountain on the right side of me and the edge of the mountain on the left side of me. And I decided it would be better to hit the mountain and crash than to go off of the mountain and perish. How many of you have ever come to a place in your life where you hit the mountain? Look, we didn't spring forward today, folks. We fell back. Y'all ought to be refreshed. <laughs> 
All right, so there are those places where we hit the mountain and we feel like, but what's that do? All of a sudden, it causes us to have a reality check and we start looking around us and we think, you know what, man? Thank God that that didn't take my life. Thank God that I'm still here, I'm still able, and God's still with me. Thank God. Did you hear what he said? I'm so thankful that I serve a God that doesn't give me or that doesn't give up on me when I mess up. How many times have we messed up? Anybody in here ever make a mess? You want to know how thankful I am that somebody cleaned my mess up? Ask my wife. It's a true story. I was, in, I, I was in the refrigerator. What was that? Do you remember what that was? I was in the refrigerator, and I was getting ready to put something back, and it fell out of my hand, and I think it was, I can't remember if it was spaghetti sauce or if it, it was, and it went, I mean, man, it flipped out of my hand, went all in the refrigerator, down the refrigerator, all out on the floor, and I went, and she heard me, I went, oh, no, and she, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I said, man, I have, man, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, and she said, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Really? <laughs> Praise God. Oh, come on. Don't tell me you ain't never been there. Well, all of a sudden, you were facing something that was of your own making. You were looking at something that happened, and it was, it was you, you're the one that did it. And then you're sitting there thinking, man, how am I going to clean this mess up? And God comes along and says, you know what? I still got you. You don't have to worry about this. I haven't let go of you. I haven't forgotten you. I haven't forsaken you. I'm right there with you. Somebody say, praise God. David understood something about God. David is like a man that's born out of his time. Because David's born under the law, but David acts more like someone that was born under grace. I mean, think about it. The law said that the tabernacle, which represented God's presence, it had to be undercover, and you, you, you couldn't look at it. But when David brought the tabernacle back to the kingdom, he put worshipers around it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He, you could see the Shekinah glory of God over that ark. What's he doing? He's recognizing something. God doesn't want us all restricted and bogged down by life just trying to meet the letter of the law. He wants us to know what it's like to operate under his love, to understand how much he cares about us. And when you discover that, you'll wake up in the morning with a smile on your face. Everybody smile. If you're not smiling, you either didn't brush your teeth or you left them at home. The attitude of gratitude will lift us up. You know, this past week, I had a dream, and it, it was kind of strange. Michelle had told me about a dream she had, and it started kind of coming together. But I had a dream that there was an attack. And the, the attack, I believe, was on the church. But the way that the attack manifested itself was in my dream, I, I felt this force grab a hold of me, and it lifted me up, and it was 
pushing me back and throwing me back. But while all of this stuff was going on in my dream, I just kept saying, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. There was no, in the dream, there was no fear in my heart. There was, there, there was no, I wasn't nervous about anything. I just recognized that whatever it is that's trying to take me out ain't big enough to do it. <laughs> How many of you know that if God be for us, who my friend can be against us? We need an attitude of gratitude. I called Mike yesterday, last night, late last night. Something that slipped my mind. I needed to decorate some tables. And I thought, boy, this is going to look nice if I decorate these tables. And I called, Debbie said, call Mike, call Mike, call Mike. I said, man, it's late. No, Mike, he'll, he'll want to do it, he'll want to do it. I called Mike up, he said, yeah, I'll, I'll meet you over there in five minutes. I'm ready to go. I'm so thankful. I stepped back and I looked at those tables. I said, man, I did a great job. <laughs> See, sometimes we forget that we didn't get where we're at by ourselves. We need to remember that there's a God that cares about us and loves us. In everything that David went through, in all of his struggles, in all of his battles, David always leaned toward God. He always kept his focus on God. Now, David wasn't a, I mean, David wasn't without fault. When you study his life, you see where he messed up. But God never took his hand off of his life. David reaches a point where all of a sudden he's sitting in a palace. Now think about everything he'd been through. He'd, he'd faced down a giant. He'd had a king. And of all things, it's the king of his own people. The king of Israel hunting him down like a dog trying to take him out. And he finds himself fleeing all the time. But in the midst of this, David stays true to God. He stays focused on God. When he gets an opportunity to strike King Saul, he refuses to do it. I wonder how many of us in here today, if we had the opportunity to take out our enemy, the one that has been causing us so much trouble, would say, no. I'm going to, and I'm not talking about take them, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm talking about if, if you had the ability to say, God, just move them out of my life, and if you said it, they would be gone, and you wouldn't have to worry about them anymore. I wonder how many of us wouldn't pray that prayer. But David just leaves it like it is. And David said, God will take care of this. You know, we could save ourselves a lot of heartache and a lot of heartbreak if we would learn how to turn things over to the hand of God and then declare. Everybody say declare. I'm not talking about turn over things over to the hands of God and then just step back and act like, oh, you know, whoopee. Turn things over to the hand of God and declare that God is going to do it. Say it with me. God is going to do it. I don't have to know how he's going to do it. I don't have to know when he's going to do it. But God, if you'd like to tell me, I'm all right with that. <laughs> See, we, we, we like to be in on the scope, but sometimes God doesn't let us know. He just does it. 
He just does it, and he does it in his own time and his own way. The attitude of gratitude. David has gone through all of this, and after years go by, David finds himself sitting in a kingdom, in a palace. And he's sitting there, and he starts looking around him, and he's going, wow. Man, I'm sitting in this palace made of cedar. He starts thinking about He looks at everything that God's given him. I want you to turn around and look at some people, would you? And what I mean is when I'm looking, tell me, well, don't tell me, but just look at some people, and I want you to contemplate in your mind what do they mean to you? God has given, that David looked at all that God had given him. He had a people that had invited him to become king. He had a house full of treasures. And all of that, he's looking at that, and then all of a sudden, his heart just begins to feel overwhelmed. And when he looks at everything that God has done for him, and then he looks out and he sees that the ark of God is in a tent. He calls Nathan the prophet, and he said, he said, look at this. He said, I, I'm sitting in a house, in a palace built of cedar. And he said, and the ark of God sits out there underneath a tent. And Nathan told him, David, do what's in your heart. God's with you. What was in David's heart? An attitude of gratitude. Somehow David felt like, God, after you've done all this for me, I've got to do something for you. I can't, I can't sit in this palace of cedar with all these treasures around me and, and just look at, at that ark out underneath the tent. David wanted to build God a house. He, he wanted to build something that would glorify God. And so God speaks to Nathan and says, you're going to have to go back and tell David that he's not going to build me a house. As a matter of fact, this is the conversation. Can I paraphrase it? This is the conversation. Nathan goes in and begins to speak to David. David, this is what God says. Out of all the time that the children of Israel were wandering through the wilderness, at any time did he go to any of the leaders and say, I want to know why you haven't built me a house. Has it, did he ever ask or did he ever inquire why a house had not been built to honor his name? David, the entire time that I've been out among the wilderness with the Israelites, I've never desired a house to be built for me. He said, I've dwelt from tabernacle to tabernacle and from tent to tent. Everybody do this and say tabernacle. David, I haven't been looking for an outward exterior to declare my glory. I've been hanging out in tabernacles and tents. I've been, can I, 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 it's hard for me to hold back here, so I'm not going to, okay? This is what he's saying. He's saying, David, 
He said, the place that I want to dwell isn't something that you can build with your hand. The place I want to dwell is inside your heart. I want to get inside this tabernacle. I want to dwell in this temple. Paul said, know ye not that your bodies are the temple of God? And God is saying, David, that's where I long to hang out. That's where you bring me the most honor. And he said, you know what? You wanted to build a house for me? David, I'm going to build a house for you. This house isn't going to be an exterior house. I'm going to get on the inside of you, and I'm going to do some things for you and for your family that the whole world is going to begin to talk about. I'm going to raise up a kingdom inside of your family line that will save the world. David's overwhelmed. He's thinking, wow. He said, well, Pastor Rick, what's that got to do with us? It's got everything to do with us. Look at St. John 14, 1 and 3. Listen to Jesus' words. And who is Jesus? He is the son of David and the son of God. And listen to what he says. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Everybody say, he's preparing a place. I want you to think about this. If you can think back a year ago when I preached that message on the, the wedding of Cana, and you remember that after the, uh, the, the engagement after the bride accepted, the bridegroom left, and he went to his father's house. And at his father's house, he began to prepare a place for his bride. It ought to excite you to know that at this very moment, Jesus is preparing a place for us in his father's house. He is working on a place for us. And check this out. Remember remember when he gets done with it? When he gets done with it, he goes to the father and he says, all right, he said, I'm done. But he couldn't come back then. He had to wait for the father to tell him, now you can go get your bride. I believe with all my heart that he's completed the work, that he's already got it prepared and he's just waiting for the father to say go get them I, I want to live with an attitude of gratitude I, I want everybody to know everywhere I go uh, that there's a God uh, that loves me that cares about me uh, that has prepared a place for me and there aren't enough devils in hell uh, to rob me uh, of what God has provided they came to Jesus and they told Jesus they said you show us the kingdom and we'll be satisfied he looked at him and he said, the kingdom of God isn't going to come with observation. It's not going to come by you standing around trying to look at it. Any of you ever watch the sunrise? Wave your hand. Isn't it beautiful to watch the sunrise? You ever watch the sunset? Beautiful to watch the sunset? Have you ever watched the grass grow? No. <laughs> you may have noticed it after it got long, but you can't watch it grow. What are you getting at? He said, it doesn't come with observation. The kingdom of God isn't something you can look at and say, oh, look, it's over here or it's over there. He said, the kingdom of God 
is within you. What did he say? He said, the kingdom that I'm building isn't an outward exterior. It's an interior renovation. <laughs> it is within you. How many, how many of you ladies have ever had a renovation? I'm not talking about on you. I'm talking about like at your house or something. Wave your hand if you've ever had a, a, a paint job. You ever have a paint job? Just hold your hand up. And you, you think, well, see, you think that when I'm thinking about renovation, you think, oh, I'm thinking about tearing stuff out and doing all this. Man, isn't it amazing what a paint job can do for your attitude? Isn't it amazing? I mean, I, do, I did an, an interior uh, renovation a, a couple weeks ago at our house, and it pleased my wife. A couple light bulbs had gone out. And I, I went and these aren't ordinary light bulbs. These light bulbs are hard, hard to find. They're the little ones that got two prongs that go underneath the cabinet. And, and, and shadows really bother Debbie. I'm talking about bother her. I'm talking about, I can't take this. I need, I need some light in here. And so when I came in and I took that bulb out and I popped the other one in, she goes, Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm thinking, I'm the man. What are you getting at? Don't you understand what it does for us when all of a sudden we're walking and things seems to be dark and then God says, hang on, I'm getting ready to light some things up for you. And in an instant, he turns things around. He changes the atmosphere. And it changes our attitude. Everybody say an attitude of gratitude. We need a life that reflects it. We need to live a life that reflects the gratitude that we have for God. Listen to Paul when he's talking to the Roman church. This is Romans 12 and 3. I'm, I'm reading out of the message. L listen to this first line. I love this. I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me. What's he saying? He's saying, I want to tell you how thankful I am for what God's done for me. Paul was, on, Paul was religious on his way to hell. And, and he realizes that he would have wound up there had it not been for a God that was merciful and a God that loved him and cared for him, it would have been easy for us to look at that situation and say, well, Paul's getting what he deserves. He had all those people arrested and put to death. Just leave him alone and let him go that way, but not God. Ananias spoke to, to, to God and said, look, God, I've heard all about this man, how wicked he is. And said, and he, God said, no, he is a chosen servant. Can I tell you that your past does not have the ability to rob you of your future as long as you keep your focus on him. When you focus on him, it changes everything. Paul said, I, I'm the least of the apostles. What was he saying? He's saying, when I think about where I came from and what God's done for me, there isn't words to describe how ecstatic I am. He makes a statement. First, I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me. And especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace. 
That's powerful. How many of you know you're living in pure grace? What, what is grace? It's the unmerited favor of God. You are living in pure grace. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. My friend, we are living in pure grace. Now listen to what he says. It's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. Paul's saying, don't get mixed up here and go around saying, oh, look what I've got to offer God. Listen to what he says. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. Remember the scripture said that it is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. When we recognize that and understand that, do sheep take care of themselves? Not very good. Sheep depend on a shepherd to take care of them. David is a king, and David makes the statement, the Lord is my, which makes him what? It makes him a sheep. David places himself on a list that is lowly. Sheep has no means of defending itself. He can't fight back a lion. He just got to lay there and be eaten. <laughs> but David understood something. David understood, I'm not alone. <laughs> David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. What's David saying? Listen, the only reason I'm where I'm at is because of God. It's nothing I did. It's nothing I engineered. It's all about God. How many of you know today that the house you live in is because of God? That the air you breathe is because of God. I went to see my grandson this, this past week. It was the first time I was able to see him. Since, I, I mean, you know, he, since he'd gone into the hospital, and I, 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 they wouldn't allow anybody to see him. And I went to see him, and when he was in the hospital, he was using one of those breath, what's it called? Yeah, whatever that was. And, and you, you, you suck into it, and in the hospital, he was, he was trying to suck into that, and it measures the strength of your lungs, and he was only able to suck like a 1,500. He could, he could barely get it up to that. And he, I went to see him the other day, and he said, Paul, Paul, I've been sucking nearly 4,000. <laughs> I said, you go, boy. You go. Yeah, I am. Paul makes a statement. He says, I am what I am by the grace of God. Everybody say it's pure grace. It's pure grace. We need an attitude of gratitude. I want to, look, let me say this phrase. I want you to get this phrase. I want to, want to love him. Did you get that? Say it with me. I wanna, want, say it, say it like we're in the South. I wanna, Wanna love him. 
Okay, say it like you're in the north. I want to, want to, love him. Say it like you're from Texas. I want to, want to, love him. What's it? What am I saying? I'm saying I want to. Him, I want God to give me the desire to want to love him. I don't want to love him out of obligation. The free will offering, or I mean the thanksgiving offering, had to be given because it was your desire. It was your pleasure. It's what you wanted to do. And I'm praying, God, put that want to in me. Let me wake up in the morning and want to want to love you. Let me wake up in the morning and want to want to praise you. I want to want to thank you. I want to want to tell everybody about you. Did you ever have somebody that said, I don't want to hear it? What'd you do? Thank you. I told them anyway. I had somebody tell me one time, said, I don't want to hear that. I said, it's okay. I'm going to share it anyway. (laughs) Because I've got to. When he's done something for you, you can't help but want to want to tell about it. You know, Christmas season's coming up here pretty quick. Did any of you ever get a present at Christmas time at any point in your life that you just couldn't wait to tell people about? When I was a kid, there was a big box underneath the tree that had my name on it. And I had an older brother that couldn't keep a secret to save his life. And he was trying to tell me what it was. I said, I don't want to know. If dad, hear me, if my dad had wanted me to know what that was he was getting ready to give me, he wouldn't have wrapped it when he put it under the tree. There are things that God has prepared for you that you haven't seen yet. And that ought to create some anticipation in you. It ought to make you feel like that little kid looking underneath that tree. Man, that's an awful big box. I don't know what's in it, but it's got my name on it. It's got my name on it. Now, look, if I'd open that box up come Christmas morning and found another box inside the box with a bunch of newspaper in it and a Christmas card on it that said, I love you, Oh, thank you. But you know, for a kid, you need to understand something. That he said, if your son asked you for a fish, would you give him a serpent? If he asked you for bread, would he give you a stone? He said, how much more does my heavenly father know how to give you good things? I'm telling you, there's something inside the box. God has got something waiting on you, and we need to get an attitude of gratitude. Thank you. When I found that great big box underneath that tree, I was happy to do all my chores. <laughs> when I found that great big box underneath that tree, I wanted to, I, I wanted to, take, uh, to please my dad. I, I wanted to show him how thankful I was. And then when I unwrapped that come Christmas morning, you are looking at the proud owner of his own pinball machine. Buddy, I was telling, I played that machine until I magnetized the balls on it. You know what I'm talking about? I played it until it wouldn't wouldn't work anymore, man. I had wore it out. 
But do you know what? What God gives us doesn't wear out. What God has for us doesn't wear thin. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to stand to your feet with me right now. Raise those hands to heaven and say, I want to want to. I want, can I ask a question? Let's just be transparent with each other. Are there any of you in here that have a problem with your attitude? You don't have to tell me. I'm just asking you to answer the question to yourself. Is there anyone in here that has a problem with their attitude? I want you to hear what I'm going to tell you. You can't afford to allow your attitude to rob you of what God has for you. I've watched people that had skill, but because of their attitude, they would be passed over because they wanted more than skill. They wanted someone that celebrated where they were and what had been done for them. You say, well, pastor, it's kind of hard to celebrate when you, you know, you hit a deer head on and your car's laying in the shambles. Nah, you just have to see it differently. You need to give thanks in all things. God, thank you that that deer did not come through my windshield and take my life. Thank you, God. Thank you for that. There are people that are around the world, that, and this is one of the things that I think about, because when I traveled in Russia, I met a lot of people, and I think about them from time to time. And I think about what's going on there now, and I think about the fact that these people would give anything to be able to trade places with us, to be able to step in our shoes where we're at so they could experience the blessing that we're experiencing. Everybody say, my attitude. First Chronicles 16, 8 and 9. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he's done. Sing to him. Yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. What's he saying? He said, tell it everywhere you go. Look, David was told, you can't build me a house. God told him, you can't build me a house. But David spends the rest of his life gathering treasures to go into a house that he's not even going to get to see. Why would he do that? Because he wanted to show God how thankful he was that God was building him a house. David went to try and do something for God, and God said, no, boy, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to take care of you. Hear me. I want you to walk out of this place today knowing that God is going to take care of you, that God is going to provide for you. He's going to supply for you. He's going to take care of it. Everybody say it with me. God has got it. One more time. God has got it. 
One more time, God has got it. Well, then, Pastor, what are you going to do? I'm going to spend the rest of my time telling everybody. <laughs> I want to spend the rest of my life declaring to everybody and letting everybody know how thankful I am that my God has got it. I want to want to tell them. <laughs> Stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. Jay, sing this song. If you're in this place today and you say, Pastor, I'm, I, I, I want God to adjust me. I need it. How many of you have ever been to a chiropractor before? You know what I'm talking about? You ever lay your head in a chiropractor's hands and he goes, just relax. My chiropractor did that. He said, just relax. I looked up at him and I said, do you realize how hard that is? Just relax. Because I knew what's coming. I just want to give you an adjustment here. I'm thinking, trade places with me. Let's see how easy you can relax. You have to trust that God has got it. Otherwise, you're going to get all tense and walk around all tensed up all the time. You've got to be able to relax in the presence of God and know he's taking care of me. I've got, I've got a desire, and it brings me great pleasure to let the world know how much I love him. So if you're in this place today and you say, Pastor, I need God to give me an adjustment, Come on up to the front real quick. Very quickly. I'm going to count to three. Hurry. One, two. Yeah, everybody sit there and act like you got it all together. You ready? Come up. Come quickly. Come quickly. Just as you stretch your hands to heaven with me. This is what I want you to understand. You know, after I, it, that was so hard for me to do, to relax and to, to let him give me that adjustment. But after he did, I walked out of that place and I could see what I couldn't see before because I had the ability to move like I couldn't move before. You stretch your hands to heaven. God's going to touch you today. And when he does, you're going to see what you haven't seen before. Amen. Stretch those hands to heaven. Come on, hold them up high. Give me something on the piano, baby. Stretch, stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. Father, we come to you. Hey, God, we thank you, Lord, for your love and your goodness. We God, you got it. You got it. I declare it now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, God.
remember I talked about David. Remember I said that David wasn't without his problems. David got himself into a mess. And in the 51st chapter of Psalms, I believe it's Psalms 51, that David begins to speak. And he makes a statement. And he said, God, create within me a new heart. God, give me a new heart. What was he saying? He said, I need an adjustment. My heart got out of sync with you. I don't want to live a life with my heart out of sync with you. I need an adjustment. And when he raised his hands, God adjusted him. In one instant, God did for him what he could not do for himself. And here's the good news. He's going to do the same for us. Come on and give my hand clap of praise in this house. When you walk out of here this week, spend your week declaring how good he is, how wonderful he is. Tell somebody about him. We love you. We'll see you next week in Jesus' name.